Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast daily. It is Tuesday. That is Bill Landis and I am Austin Ward and it is NFL draft week and the hysteria has reached a <laughs> fever pitch. I don't trust hardly anything I read right now, Bill, and there may be good reasons for that or bad reasons. I don't know, uh, but is it me or is it getting more insane by the year? It's it's getting more insane by the year. Um, <clears throat> I don't like it. Like I love the NFL draft. Um, I like the build up to it. I like the sincere like prospect breakdowns and talking about team needs and all that stuff. Like the innuendo and the uh, anonymous sources. Um, I I just don't have uh, much time for it anymore. And like personally speaking, like from a professional standpoint, I've I've never liked doing stuff like that. I've done it, um, but I've never really liked it. Um, and it, this seems like the worst time of year for it every year, and it's getting increasingly worse by the year, I think. So, um, yeah, it's bad. It's not just Ohio State stuff. It's it's kind of across the board, but uh, for our purposes, there's plenty to talk about <laughs> when it comes to the Ohio State side of things. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that. I, I know that nobody likes, you know, sort of the inside baseball, how we do our job. Uh, how to determine what sources you can use or which ones to trust or what information to present. But I just think about what's happened with CJ Stroud over the last four days. And it's, he's getting it in two different ways that I'm not sure that I fully understand. We're getting attacked in some way. You have the ludicrous nature of the uh, cognitive testing that we talked about uh, on Monday in the horseshoe lounge with those guys and, and you as well. Like, that doesn't seem to apply to football, but whatever. Like Wonderlick's testing and all that stuff has been leaked for years. That's not necessarily new. But and that was like the hearsay from Brady Quinn and in a one source thing about the Manning Passing Academy that truly I thought was doing a massive disservice to CJ Stroud. And I wasn't sure who it was designed to actually educate or inform or help. That was really weird. Um and like I guess like Ryan Clark was like I did 30 seconds of research on this and found out that it's not true. So that made, that made it even even more odd. Like <clears throat> there are there are a lot of layers to that. It was like the the character assassination of CJ Stroud didn't make any sense to me. The idea that like somehow you have to like kiss the Manning ring to be deemed worthy of being a first round pick uh was also weird to me, probably more weird. Like I don't I don't really know where that came from. Um and I do I guess I would I I'll acknowledge the possibility that perhaps we are too close to this because we live in the Ohio state sphere and maybe this is not the reality, but I feel like this happens a lot with Ohio state guys, quarterbacks in particular, more so than it does with any other position. And I cannot really understand why that's the case. So like if there are Ohio state fans who are frustrated with it, I know there's people in the Woody who are frustrated with it, that the players certainly are frustrated with it. I'm kind of there too. Like, I don't, I don't really understand it. Like, we're now just supposed to believe that like CJ Stroud is a bad dude and also maybe not that good at football. Like why, why do we have to have that conversation at the moment? I, I trust my eyes. I thought he was pretty good at playing football and pretty good at quarterback. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I know I'm not an ACE talent evaluator and not as good as all of these geniuses who are uh, using a cognitive test to inform their decision-making process on actual football. Um, but if there's something that tells these people Will Levis or Anthony Richardson are much better prospects than C.J. Stroud, I, I, I understand they're really good athletes. I'm not going to argue against that. 
CJ Stroud's a pretty good athlete too. Uh, I would just watch the Georgia game for that part. But even if we're going to disagree, uh, maybe me and this random straw man that I made up, mm-hmm. like there's two years of game tape of him playing at a really high level. And we'd gone through this with the previous iteration with Justin Fields. Like, oh, it's just Ohio State's offense. These guys can't do it when they get to the league. Something wrong with Ohio State. You want to take a quarterback from the Buckeyes? Good luck to you. Like, okay, great. Did uh, You and I were joking about that. I don't remember what story you were reading. You sent that to me on Friday. It was like, oh, it was the cognitive test, and he's an Ohio State quarterback. No thanks. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, has there been a long line of Michigan quarterbacks because Tom Brady was really good? Like, that, those things don't actually have anything to do with each other. They certainly do not. And also, it's it's doubly stupid if if you would take, I don't know, 10 seconds to actually analyze the history of like the offenses at Ohio State and how much different this iteration is than what it's been in, in points previous. And like Jim Trestle, I suppose, like ran some like quote unquote old school pro style offenses. But like this Ohio State passing game, in my opinion, maybe I'm an idiot, is tailored to uh, more tailored to like NFL passing attacks than Ohio State probably has ever been in the history of its program. It took a while for them to get to that point. Uh, but Ryan Day has brought them there. Which is why they have first round receivers every year and now first round quarterbacks every year. So I don't know. I don't know why the pass gets up because it's true. Like Ohio State had a really long period where it didn't have a first round quarterback. That's true. I don't know what doesn't mean anything, but it's true. It's a fact. Um, but I don't think it has any bearing whatsoever on how good Justin Fields or C.J. Stroud or even Dwayne Haskins or would have been as, as a player um, or the guys that come after them. Like it's a new era of Ohio State football that plays offense in a drastically different fashion than it did even ten years ago. Uh, maybe we should take eight seconds of our time it's even less now it was 10 seconds before it's eight seconds now take eight seconds of your time and like apply critical thinking to that fact that ohio state's offense is now more tailored to generating nfl worthy caliber quarterbacks and receivers yeah it's just that argument seems so lazy to me and it's it's so easy to pick apart you don't how much critical thinking is really involved to be like well you know what this school where they went doesn't really influence their ability or not to play the quarterback position. I can't I can't wrap my mind around it. It's it's so difficult to play quarterback and start at the NFL level. There's only 32 guys that have that job every year. And not all of those 32 are really good at it. So some of the job training, yes, comes from playing good competition and getting good coaching and being physically ready. It's that's not all of it because you still have to get to the next level and then understanding a new NFL playbook and much faster defenses and tighter throwing windows and working with different receivers. Like there's not going to be hardly any carryover for that. CJ Stroud and Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins were blessed to work with someone who has run uh, an offense at the NFL level. I think that their job training is probably better than what most others get. It doesn't guarantee you anything once you get to the next level. Like, and to pretend like where you played in college is going to project forward. It just seems asinine. Does what does Wyoming you're the Wyoming expert. Does Wyoming have a robust tradition of NFL quarterbacks that, that preceded Josh Allen and made him who he is today? You know, uh, yeah. Casey and Corey Bramlett didn't really pave the way for Josh <laughs> Allen um, or, or Karsten Sween. I, now you're really make Chris Stutz rhyme. Like just because he went to Knoxville and beat Tennessee didn't make him a good NFL quarterback. Um, yeah, no, like it's you're gonna find them in weird spots, like Josh Allen, and yeah, 
It's crazy. Like it didn't suddenly turn Wyoming into a quarterback factory either. In yeah. fact, they started <laughs> losing them to the transfer <laughs> portal in a much quicker fashion. But it didn't mean that they were going to be really successful at their next stop either. So, like, it's there's nothing that's more difficult about. It. I don't mean to make light about it. it C.J. Stroud may not be a a great, highly successful NFL quarterback when he gets there. That doesn't mean if that's the case that Ohio State failed to properly develop someone for that level. If what you're trying to evaluate is if somebody can play football, CJ Stroud can do that at a very high level compared to his peers. Like we see it. There's numbers that back that up. There's wins that back that up. Justin Fields the same way. Dwayne Haskins before that. Like whatever happens after that doesn't have anything to do with Ohio State. No, well, I think I think that's right. I, I I guess on some level, if I were to play devil's advocate, I would say like Ohio State can't trumpet developed here as much as it does, and then like not accept the guys who didn't pan out. But but I th- I do think you're right. Like it's the extent to which Ohio State um, continues to help these guys when they are successful in the NFL is probably a bit overblown. I understand why you do it. It's for recruiting purposes. So then mm-hmm. the, the inverse of that is true. Like once they get there, like I don't necessarily think it's an Ohio State thing if they if they don't pan out. Like the NFL, like I think Bob's talked about this a lot when he's been on on with us, like how, just how much is left up to you. Like there's no handholding in the NFL. Um, there's a lot of handholding at the college level. So when guys get to that point and they don't make it, um, there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't, I don't really think it's, I guess it could be that your college didn't prepare them well. Like um, there's something to, I guess, like instilling work ethic and uh, a pro mindset before you get to the NFL that they can be helped along when you're in college. But I think Ohio state does that. Like it's not like Ohio state is not doing that and they're recruiting the best of the best athletes and then churning them out as such too. So um, I don't, I don't think it's an Ohio State thing. I think it's just it's lazy, like it, and, and it's easy. I think it's easy to say because it's a hard thing to prove. Um, whether you're like, whether you think it's right or wrong, you just sort of say it. No one can you can kind of twist it whichever way you want and, and claim that you're right. Um, but I don't I don't think it's a fact. Like why why would that be true of the quarterback position when it is not true for literally every other position that comes <laughs> out of the program? Like it doesn't make any sense. But I know. And to your point, this is just anecdotal because we cover Ohio State. We are here hear way more coverage. We're way more attuned to it. But I've been going to the Combine in Indianapolis for over a decade now. I don't ever hear, gosh, you know what? There's been several off seasons in a row where Alabama's put out these guys who've had off-field issues and been suspended or gone to jail. Like, don't take an Alabama guy. Yeah. Like, because guess what? Every individual Alabama guy is different. Like, it doesn't. I don't really th- – maybe there is. I'm not suggesting that there's a tie between disciplinary issues between Alabama and lack of NFL success, but that's the same thing that people are trying to force on Ohio State at quarterback. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Yeah, I don't – I I, I like clearly I agree with, I agree with you. I, I, I wonder about the motivation for it. Like what, what is the point of trying to um, – neg i guess for lack of a better word like justin fields right <laughs> up to the draft process or or cj stroud now as we're a couple days out from the first round of the draft like is it is it the, I, i'm my assumption is that it's just teams who are later in the draft are trying to do whatever they can to make that player fall just even a little bit or give themselves the slightest chance to have them fall just a little bit um and i think maybe i don't know did it kind of work for justin fields like i don't know he, he won 11th right which is probably too low in hindsight um 
if CJ Stroud ends up falling to like seventh or, or lower than that, I would say that I guess this worked too. Like job well done if, if, if this was if this was your motivation for doing it. But like it just it feels like incredibly insincere. So I I don't know why it happens. From the journalism standpoint, what would it take for you to use one source? To talk about, I don't know, the Manning Passing Academy or someone leaking to you mm. um, testing scores. Like, I don't, I've known you for quite some time. Uh, we, we spend a lot of professional and personal time together. I don't know that there are many circumstances where either one of us would be in a hurry to rush that story out. Um, no, that's, that's, it's not, a, it's not enough. Um, now, I, I suppose Brady Quinn's not a journalist. He's on television. He's not really a journalist. These so guys he, can't can't claim make that claim. Like, yeah, no, I think I, I think you're right. I think I, I agree with you. I I you are, you know, you're a talking head on TV about the thing you're supposedly an expert in. Like, you should be held to a higher standard than being able to just run with one source nonsense. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I think I think there's two separate things. Like anonymous opinions. I, I have almost no time for uh, anonymous background information about facts, I think is different, but something like this would need to be corroborated by more than one person because especially the way it was couched, like, Oh, well, I don't know this guy has a character flaw. Cause he didn't go to the Manning camp. And like one person tells you that, like you need to talk to at least one other person to make sure that that was in fact the case. And, and the closer to the situation, the better. Um, so yeah, we're, you and I are on the same page. I, I would not have done that. Don't you think that Brady Quinn could have got in touch with someone in the Manning family? Like, yeah, or like anyone at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's around the program enough. Um, or CJ Shroud himself. Right. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's a relatively easy phone call. I think for someone like Brady Quinn to make. Um, maybe not so much for us, the Ohio State side, sure, but like getting a hold of agents or the Manning family. I don't know. I, you have to like uh have a an official like uh envoy with you to approach the the manning family and then bring them some sort of gift to, to bequeath upon them and then hope that they'll give you the time of day before they answer your question i don't know there's they're the first family of football so i don't know how to approach that you've got to have a magic lamp and oh then, it is. <laughs> yeah and then you you have to rub it and then the genie comes out and he says well, what would you like to do well i'd like to become royalty myself so that i can Go meet the Manning family. <laughs> what would you like to be called? Uh, I don't know. My name's Aladdin. How about Prince Ali? <laughs> no, that's too close to Eli. You can't. You can't use that. That one won't work. Try something else. I like. I like Eli Manning referring to himself now as Prince Eli. <laughs> Eli Ali Eliababwa. Yeah. <laughs> Got off track there. I. But that's how. This thing, the story makes me feel crazy. Like it's not I, last year. We just got a reprieve. It didn't really happen. And it only seems to happen to quarterbacks. Like mm -hmm. it, nobody's even talking about like everything was going into the draft and well, could Georgia put out another number one overall draft pick at defensive tackle. And then there actually were some things to question about a character and everyone's just like, I think we're, I think we're good here. We'll talk about it for one day and we'll just move on.
Yeah, that did that did breeze by rather rather quickly for something that was like legitimately serious. And everybody I, I came out and attacked. I think Todd McShay was like he mentioned it. He's like, I think that there's some issues here, and they're like, shame on you for <laughs> saying this. Like you're you're dead wrong, buddy. Like at least at that time, he proved to be right. There may have been good reason for him to bring that up. Uh, he didn't have a police report or anything in front of him but like everybody rallied around that one and there's nothing like criminal that's happened for cj stroud and everyone just is like maybe that's the difference like you, you can get more worked up mm. about things that don't have anything to do with the legal system it's backwards <laughs> yeah maybe that this hmm. huh. yeah maybe we should <laughs> we should <laughs> Something's something's flipped there that I think uh, needs to be addressed. It is weird, like I, I guess like I I, I do want to say like <clears throat> somebody picked up that mantle and like it was like Ryan Clark I think did a really good job with that. Um, he's a pretty sharp guy and and I think too it probably like we're having this conversation. I'm sure like there are people who are like you guys like who cares that like, you're Ohio State beat writers like someone like Ryan Clark who has no affiliation with Ohio State. Um, I don't think has really much of a relationship with CJ Stroud although I think CJ might have got, like gone on his podcast. And, but clearly he has perspective as a former NFL player or someone who's gone through the process, like for him to come out and say like, this is bogus, man. Like, what are we doing here? Um, I thought that that was fairly powerful. I just kind of wish that more people in that position maybe would do it when stuff like this pops up because there's too much of it. Yeah, it, it sucks. All right. That's, that's probably enough soapbox. Um, you know, we'll see on Thursday night what, what happens to CJ Stroud, uh, where he goes. Do you, Berm asked uh, on Monday, and you had jumped off the show at that point. What, whether we thought that the over and under of three, I don't, Berm still hasn't figured out gambling that the over and under <laughs> shouldn't have been three. If you think that the answer is going to be three, uh, so let's. Do you want to? Where would you like the line to be? Two and a half or three and a half? Because I think I think three seems like a pretty safe bet to me. Yeah, uh, th- three and a half maybe. Um. I'm like fairly convinced now that Houston's not going to take a quarterback and then it's Arizona. Right. And I guess someone would have to trade up there. So I, I'm thinking like four or five, maybe I'm, this is nothing. This is not, I'm not an NFL insider. This, This is me just like watching a five second interaction at Ohio state's pro day. Uh, like Pete Carroll spent an awful lot of time with CJ Stroud. Like, and just seemed like kind of smitten by him. And I don't know if that's like a, Hey, I would coach USC and you're from Southern California kind of thing. But, um, <laughs> there seemed to be a little something there. So like, I kind of have five in my head to Seattle. I know they just signed Geno Smith, but like, that's not the long-term answer for them at quarterback. And, and frankly, it could be good for CJ. I think it's good for any forky quarterback to go to a place where they don't have to play right away. Um, so that could work out well for him. So, um, if you set it at three and a half, I, I might go, I guess that would be over in terms of the pick that, that he has selected at. Um, but I don't, I'm not super convinced that any quarterback is going in the top three other than Bryce young at this point. Um, I am not really even convinced of that. I think a quarterback is going at one and then I, maybe I don't think another quarterback is going to go until four. It would be wild if the Panthers gave up all of that uh, booty to move up to number one bounty booty. What did I say? Booty. Both the same. Well, you know, they would have given up booty. You don't know. The NFL's weird. You can't rule it out. Um, uh, now I know I'm said that into a into a microphone on a podcast. I didn't actually mean booty. Um, 
I will immediately don't don't go publicize this, you know, and say that this is what I reported. Um, no sources. <laughs> no sources on that. And a slip of the tongue. Maybe that's what Brady Quinn should have just said. I didn't mean to say that. I take it back. I said the wrong <laughs> word. Like <laughs> what is, the Panthers just move up to number one and then don't take a quarterback. I think that'd be the most hilarious outcome. Yeah. Trade all the way up to one and then draft like Peter Skronsky. <laughs> I like that idea. Well, that's what you would do. That's what I would do. Yeah, I would trade up to one and take Skronsky and then find a way to get to two and then take Paris Johnson. <laughs> then you're set. Or vice versa. Either way, either one's fine. And then the next year, you can take two more tackles that you fall in love with. That's right. This game's Every more in the trenches, man. I don't know what you want from me. It's a great point. I can't really argue with any of that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so the podcast uh, daily for Tuesday turned into a nothing but a CJ Stroud conversation. Uh, I don't think that that is out of place on NFL draft weekend after all of the speculation and stuff that's gone on around him. I think it's been unfair. Uh, the more that I've covered Ohio state players going to the draft, the, the less I like this process, uh, especially after like some of the stuff that we did with Cameron Brown. Uh, I wasn't, as I said, I've been covering the combine now for, you know, 10 plus years. It wasn't until this year that I realized how much of their time is taken up with just complete nonsense from sun up to sundown and beyond it. I don't understand what they're looking for, why they need it. I, the combine has gone out of, got out of control. The way that the, the NFL draft process is covered is just bonkers. Um, and I would not want to go through this. I would opt out of everything at the combine at this point. And I never thought I would come to that, but it's, it's just, nonsensical all of it i i agree it's it needs to be i think it needs to be rethought um but i'm also now on alert because the the i guess the nba and its new collective bargaining agreement it, collective bargaining agreement excuse me is going to make the nba combine mandatory to get picked you don't have to play the full five on five but you have to go through all the testing uh the interviews that happen there i think like the individual stuff it is going it sounds like it's going to be required of you if you want to be eligible for the draft and I wonder if the NFL might be heading in a similar direction. <sighs> Serenity now. <laughs> Just so dumb. How could they even do that for the NBA? Like they're going to invite 300 players and then draft 60. Like, I don't know how many get invited to the NBA combine, but yeah, I, well, I don't think, I don't think it's, I guess I phrased that wrong. You, you have, have to, get to go. Yeah. You have to be invited, and if you get invited and don't go, then you're not eligible. I don't think like uh, Justice Suing, for instance, is not going to be ineligible for the NBA draft because he didn't go to the combine he wasn't invited to. So I don't think they're going to do it that way. But like that's that's my point, right? Like to get invited to the NFL combine, I think it only I think it only takes like two teams that want to, you know, put you through medical testing or interview. Like I'm interested. The Jets get to put out however many players that they want invited, and if two teams say we would like. Uh, Bill Landis to come to the combine, then you get an invitation there. Like that's my understanding of how that process works. So if you're doing that for the NBA draft like, and there's only two rounds of it and spots to fill, like don't you have to, you have to have a wider range a wider pool of candidates come like that. The mm -hmm. actual process doesn't make sense. Cause like at that point you're, you're considering 200 players or more across the entire world. And they have to go to the combine. Like, how are you going to manage that? 
allegedly i don't know we'll see if we'll see if it goes through i don't it's not been officially agreed upon i just know that maybe it was a it was a trial balloon maybe espn floated they're good at that so uh maybe, <laughs> maybe it won't maybe it won't end up happening the world needs fewer combines like the big 12 is like who is this the future of combines now we're going to do a conference wide one in dallas no Pass. stop <laughs> enough these kids are doing enough already you're going to uh, i don't you're going to go to the Shrine Bowl. You're going to have on-campus pro days. You, ha- you have fly out to meet teams. You're allowed to do however many visits of that. Then you have the local pro teams that can invite. You go down and do the Bengals. You can do the Browns. If you're from, you know, if you're from Texas, you can go to Dallas like, yeah, or Houston and do all these extra. Like how many, how much information do they really need? That's the problem. I, I think it's pretty clear that they end up getting too much because it becomes an insane asylum the closer we get to the draft. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to check myself into one tonight so that I don't have to <laughs> keep uh, talking about Fortunately, it'll be over soon. Like, I, I Maybe that's why they get so relieved. They, they tears of joy or this that they're done with the process. They don't have to have people talk about them anymore. Like, Thank God it's, this is over. Yeah, it's got to be pretty miserable. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice payoff on the other end of it for sure. That's true. But um, the process could be, I don't know. It could be tweaked to be a little bit better, I think. <laughs> I'm going to cry my tears of joy on Saturday no matter what. It'll be over and <laughs> have my sanity back because uh, I feel like I'm I'm losing it. And we got a long off season to go. Um, mm-hmm. But let's put the draft behind us soon. Uh, unfortunately, we can't because this is only the podcast daily for Tuesday. And we have all week of this ahead of us. Uh, so we'll have something other to talk about, something different on Wednesday, not just CJ Stroud, unless some more nonsense comes out in the media, which we can't rule out. Uh, but whatever, we'll talk about that when the time comes. Uh, we'll be back uh, here tomorrow for that. Thanks for joining us. He's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. We will talk to you later.